Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with Lisa Lillian, whom you may know as Hungry Girl. She's brought Clean and Hungry, Obsessed, her 12th, is that right? 12th book. Yes, 12th book. And she's a return guest. She was last on the show in April of 2012. All sorts of stuff has changed since then. I think. So we are going to get into all of that. Hello and welcome back. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. I love that. It's wonderful to see you. And I love that what you remember from the last time you were on is that we talked about hair straightening because you know I intend to to revisit hair straightening, (laughs) among other things. Also, you were super into reality shows. I need to know if you're still into them. You were very, you were and are always, I think, very into tofu shirataki noodles. Oh, wow. We have a lot of catching up I know. We really do. It's been been five years. It's been too long. I know. So I imagine most people, I hope, are familiar with the Hungry Girl brand. But for anyone who isn't, let's explain. You, um, You come up with calorie conscious replicas. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that we do. So Hungry Girl is about real world guilt free eating. And I started it back in 2004. It started as a daily email. It grew the success of the emails just, you know, brought forth many opportunities like 12 books Mm -hmm. and a TV show and a whole bunch of things. But the idea is to help people, real people. And again, this is just for everyone, all the Target and Walmart shoppers in America make smarter eating choices that are very relatable and have fun doing it. And recipes are definitely a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And your own history with weight is that I know that we talked about this a bit last time. You and I had both, because I was saying that, like, I was saying that what I really like about you is that I learn new things and I get new ideas and I <clears throat> think of different things to do with ingredients because I consider myself a professional dieter. Like I've been dieting since <laughs> I, the first diet I went on was summer between fifth and sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I remember you said you would also same, dieted around that age. Same, same. So I know all the swaps and things, but, but I, I pick stuff up from looking at your, um, you know, website and follow, following along. So yeah, what is your history with weight? Well, my history with weight is same, just like you. I grew up with, I don't know about your family, but I grew up in a family where we were always dieting and my mom was on every fad mm-hmm. diet under the sun, whether it's, you know, eating nine popsicles and 10 grapefruits a day or sometimes just drinking, you know, she was on Optifast mm-hmm. when, Oprah lost all that weight, (laughs) whatever, all of the, you know, the fad diets. And so I did that when I was much younger. And I didn't realize until early adulthood that it was just about changing your eating habits forever and really understanding what makes you eat more and what makes you have the habits that you actually have. And once I figured that out, it was much easier to lose the weight and then keep it off. Mm -hmm. Do you struggle still? I think every day is a struggle because I love food so much. Like I think about food constantly. And I know I'm not alone when I say like I wake up in the morning and I think, what am I eating today? Okay, let's think about breakfast, lunch, dinner. Am I traveling? Do I have emergency snacks on me? Are we going out to dinner? Where are we going? And that'll sort of inform what I eat for lunch. And so yeah, every day is a struggle. I wouldn't say it's a It's something that I'm very aware of. But being a control freak, I'm okay with that (laughs) because I'm aware of everything in the same kind of way as I am about food, if that makes sense. It does. It does. So the 12th book, first of all, how do you keep coming up with ideas for new books? Well, as you were, you know, you were touching on the Mm -hmm. food changes and trends 
change and people's needs and desires and what they want in food changes. So that, that inspires me and inspires us to keep changing and growing. And so I feel like when it's time to create a new book, it's like, well, what do we want to do now? And what, what does the world want from Hungry Girl? Right. And I've noticed this, this term clean, clean eating, clean food, um, maybe for a bit, a little over a year. It's probably been around longer. Maybe yeah, I'm late probably. to it. But what does it really mean? Well, it means different things to different people. And again, because my approach has always been real world, like my definition of clean is not going to be the same as everybody else's definition of clean. But in my world, it means to really stick with food that is not processed, food that is just lean meats, uh, lots and lots of fruits and vegetables, like very limited added sugars. Mm-hmm. It's it's real world clean because I, I hate to put forth anything that makes people feel like they can't sort of live a normal lifestyle. And I want everyone to feel good about the foods that they eat. But this is just, and by the way, I'm not clean across the board, mm-hmm. but the last two books have been our version of clean, which the audience has responded really well to, I think. And I think it's a smart way of eating. What do you think of paleo and that movement? I mean, I... I think of it the same way I think of like a lot of the other movements. It's it's not for me. It's not something that would work for me because I want my diet to be more well-rounded. But there are a lot of misconceptions about all of these movements, be it, you know, gluten-free or paleo or the non-GMO or I eat only organic or I eat all natural. Those things are fine, but they have nothing to do with weight loss. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing to do with weight loss. And Americans as, you know, as this is a pretty strong statement, but it's true. Like everybody wants that magic bullet. They want to know that there's one enemy. Like, oh, if I only, if I stop eating meat, I'm going to be a twig. Or if I only eat organic, or if I shop at Whole Foods, I'm going to be really skinny. And that's just not the case. And it's, it's hard to, to grasp all the messages and to take in all the information and then have that, you know, be applied to your life and have you lose the weight. So while I'm not saying any of those things are bad. That's not the answer if you want to lose weight. I think also people want and are promised to be able to lose weight without feeling discomfort. And that to me, I think, is a self-defeating message because my experience, at least, for the most part, um, is it's uncomfortable. It's a little, you're going to experience some, you're going to be hungry. Yeah. Or you're going to crave things that you're not going to be able to have at that exact time. But right. like my goal is always, cause I like big portions. I'm not one of those people that's like, I'll just have one little tiny bite of this or that. I like a lot of food. And so my recipes and my way of eating tends to be, Hey, how can I eat the most food? How do I get the most bang for my calorie mm-hmm. buck? How are those calories going to count? Make it's like, you know, it's a budget. Like, just to write like a, a, you know, if you have a certain amount of money, you can't buy every sweater and every pair of boots that you like. It's the same with calories. Right. Well, so there, there's kind of a, there's a big article in the New York Times. You probably saw it. It was by Taffy Ackner. And it was about, I think it was about how, specifically how Weight Watchers is keeping up with the changes in the diet industry. And now people don't want to be on a diet. There's this, there's this like double message of like, Everyone should lose right. weight, but we're we're also going to say everyone shouldn't lose weight. Right. All right. So just to get, way. I want to get back to one thing because okay. I don't want the message to be that you have to be uncomfortable when you lose weight. Because that's <laughs> like my whole, then uh, this whole book, Obsessed, actually, it's about eating the foods that we're all obsessed with that you think are off limits and the things that make us feel comfortable. It's all mm-hmm. comfort foods. And whether it's grilled cheese and mac and cheese and donuts and all of those things, you can eat them. So 
I think a very old school way of thinking about dieting was like, you have to deprive yourself right. when you're eating lettuce and you're eating tuna and nothing else. But the, the truth of the matter is, I feel like people who say they don't want to be on a diet are not necessarily, it's fine, whatever you call it is fine. But to some degree, you have to count calories. Mm -hmm. Even if you're eating all the whole foods and all natural foods, at the end of the day, if almonds are healthy, if you're eating 10 ounces of almonds, you're eating way too many calories. So it's all, it's a calorie game. Right. Whether or not people want to admit it, you can eat giant platefuls of really healthy food and gain 10 pounds in a week. There are, I'm sure there's, Either there is someone listening or there could be someone listening who, I just don't know if my listeners feel this way, who could say, but this isn't, um, it's, it's not fair to be telling people they should lose weight. And I don't tell people they should lose weight at, ever, really. But a lot of, it, it turns out a lot of Hungry Girl fans do want to lose weight. Right. And... They can use these recipes to lose weight, but in general, the brand is not about weight loss. It's about smarter choices, and you could use that information however you want. But there are plenty of people out there that you don't need me to tell you to lose weight. There's a bazillion mm -hmm. people out there that tell people to lose weight because at the end of the day, it's the number one cause of most sicknesses and diseases. It's like if you lose weight, it will sort of inform everything else about your health. Right. So it's never a good idea to be obese, but I don't spend a lot of time saying that mm -hmm. yeah and I, I hope it's you're aware i'm not saying that oh, in course. response i'm just i have because i grapple with my weight and body image and all of that so much and so much of my brain like so much of my energy is is focused on that although since having a baby and like gaining a bunch of weight and then still being in the process of losing it it's changed a bit um, but as I was gaining weight during pregnancy, it was on my mind a lot and I was talking about it and I got some blowback from people who felt like it was either anti-women or anti, I don't know what they, they just, it, they, they, fa they found it upsetting to hear me talk about it because they thought that, I think they felt judged even though I was strictly talking about myself. I know. Well, people, A, like to be offended about everything. We know that. That's just the way the world is now. <laughs> and that's like. I, I get it. And you're just being a real person. Like most people, either they feel the way you feel or they're just not being honest. Maybe there are some people that just don't care, or just don't think about it. But weight is something we think about because it plays into our lives every day, whether or not mm -hmm. you want to admit it. People, the way we look and the way we feel informs how we are treated and how we act. So it's, it's important. Yeah. Even if it's just about you being in a bad mood or feeling bad about yourself. It's absolutely important. So right. I don't like that those people said that. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't appreciate it either. Um, but it did make me wonder a little bit, am I, like what kind of behavior am I modeling? Because of course, in an ideal world, it'd be great if I could model this like, I accept, my, excuse me, I accept myself at every size, but that's just not where I was. Right. And it's it, hard for me to get to that place. I. I agree with you. I'm the same way. I, I would be, I would beat myself up. I mean, I try to stay at the same weight or stay within five pounds and I'm not an unrealistically small person. I mean, I'm short, so every pound counts, but my goal is to feel like people see me and they can relate to me because mm -hmm. I'm not really super skinny. I'm not a size zero. And 
but I'm always at a healthy weight. And that's always on my mind. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that in any way. Right. So let's talk about Hungry Girl, Clean and Hungry Obsessed. Um, do you have some favorite recipes in here? Or are there like new, are there any, uh, what, what are some, some new tricks that, that you've discovered in the last five years? Yeah, that's a great question. I do have a lot of favorite recipes. I love every recipe in that whole book. And you had mentioned the shirataki noodles before, mm-hmm. and I still really like those. But the trend these days has been to use produce in place of starchy carbs. And this book does that in spades. It really delivers. Um, whether it's zucchini noodles, which I like to call spaghetti or... <laughs> oh, you clever. go with spaghetti, spaghetti over zoodles? Over zoodles <laughs> sounds like the name of a poodle. It does. If I had a cute poodle, I'd name the poodle zoodles and then I wouldn't want to eat the zoodles, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we do have a tuna zoodle casserole recipe because, because that sort of worked for that recipe, but spaghetti sounds kind of fun. And I like uh, spaghetti squash and I use a lot of cauliflower, tons of cauliflower and everything. Cauliflower, I've been saying for the past few years, is the new black. And <laughs> it was the most underrated vegetable. I mean, and now it must be sitting there in the produce aisle saying, what the heck is going on? <laughs> it's like, we can't stay on the shelves. I mean, whether you want rice substitute or a potato substitute right. or you want to use it for a now pizza crust. Now you discover me. Maybe right. it's resentful. Like, it's too probably, little, too late. Probably. You never know. But I mean, all the cauliflower, the heads of cauliflower I've encountered have been very humble. Yeah. And, and they really nice. keep it real. They do. <laughs> Not like that... Um, eggplant. Oh yeah, and kale, forget about it. <laughs> so talk about I, a diva. I went through a riced cauliflower phase and then at um a market I saw a bag of riced broccoli. Mm-hmm. And I brought it home and I was excited to try it and it was so inedible. It was like I don't know if this, just this particular ver- bag of it was bad. It seemed like it almost seemed like I don't think there were wood shavings in there, but it seemed so fibrous. It, it might have been a lot of broccoli stalks. I think and, there was. I mean, rice broccoli is just not the same as rice cauliflower. That's I think the veggie for. the veggie companies are probably just trying to rice everything yeah. and saying, what else can we do? But I mean, you can still use it um, and you have to cook it a lot. Mm-hmm. If you cook, cook, cook it and you can mix it with rice cauliflower. You can make little like tots, like tater tot kind of shenanigans <laughs> with them. But it's not the same. Rice cauliflower is amazing. And you can get it pre-riced, as you say, in the produce aisle fresh, or you can get it frozen, or you can rice it yourself. But it's, it's terrific. And even using other vegetables to make any kind of fry is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Turnips make great fries. Carrots make great fries. Obviously, butternut squash. Kabocha is one of my favorites. And it's just a great way to cut calories and get that same satisfaction. So I'm thrilled that vegetables are just like taking over the universe. What is kabocha? Oh, it's like a Japanese pumpkin. So imagine like the world's best butternut squash. It's a little bit, it looks a little like butternut squash when it's cooked in that it's orange and it's, it's more of a starchy vegetable. So it's really, you know, it's a a squash, but it's a, it's like a pumpkin. It's Japanese and it's great. You get it at most markets, certainly in LA. Do you feel like you know vegetables pretty well? Because if so, I'm going to know. No, I mean, you can ask me, but no, like that's the thing about me. It's like, I'm not really a chef. A lot of times people will be like, well, tell me how you do this. And I'll be like, I have no idea. Like, and I'm proud of the fact that I don't know everything because <laughs> I'm like everybody else. But if you want to ask me, ask me anything. I will ask <laughs> you. But this reminds me that you said that uh, your husband's mother said that you are great, but the only thing is you don't know how to cook. Right. She did say that. And I, I mean, she, she passed away about a year ago. 
And I actually dedicated this book Aww. to her, and she was amazing, but she did say that. She sort of changed her tune after a while, but she would, <laughs> she'd give me little digs like, huh, can you believe this person thinks you can make anything taste good with reduced fat sour cream? Just, I'd be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> there are plenty of people who are like, I would rather eat the real thing and just eat a small amount. And I'm like, I would rather not eat the real thing and eat a whole bunch of it. That's me. And how nice for the people who want to eat a small yes. amount. I yeah. know a lot of those people. And one in particular I'm very close friends with. She's tiny, itty bitty, and it works for her. But I think it really, and this is the most important thing. You have to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. And it's bad that people are so judgy now about food because yeah. they are. They want to look at you and tell you, oh, you're vegan or, oh, you eat animal products or, oh, you have GMOs. Like everybody should just eat what makes them feel good. And when it comes to weight maintenance and being at a healthy weight, the most important thing you can do is identify the foods that make you feel satisfied, the things that don't trigger your appetite, and then just stick with those. Well, so the vegetable question I wanted to ask, there's this vegetable mystery that's been uh, plaguing me. When I used to live in New York, there was this rest. My sister was, she's no longer vegan, but she was vegan for many years. And there was this restaurant called, I think, Gobo, and it was Asian vegan. Mm -hmm. And I would order steamed vegetables there. And there was this one vegetable. I'm uncapping my pen because I'm going to have to draw a diagram. <laughs> draw, and it was so good it was a a piece of something sliced and it was circular but it it like had this um this diagram is very bad it that looks like a viewmaster wheel <laughs> that's what it looked like it was like it, it clearly there now had I been see seeds or something in it. In yeah it looked like a wagon wheel well it was very symmetrical the it sort of had these like symmetrical cutouts in it but it wasn't like an eggplant a japanese eggplant of any kind did it, it didn't, feel like it spongy? was a little bit crunchy was it a tomato? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it looked like a it looked like a really clean was cleaned out tomato and it was kind of light orange. Hmm. This does not sound familiar to I me. I know. I don't know what it was. That's so weird. It almost I, I suspect it was some kind of squash, but it was a little well, bit was the crunchy. Texture? It was crunchy. crunchy. A little bit crunchy. Like a like almost not a cucumber, because it wasn't like cold and wet. Well, I mean, it was warm, um, like a oh, very, maybe like a very, very firm tomato, but firm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that vegetable is. Interesting. The mystery vegetable. I know. I guess the mystery continues. <sighs> so you never asked what it was. No, I should have. Lesson learned. You right when you're there, you have to say, "What is this?" and "What's in here?" and I, I do that all the time. Like, what is that flavor? What am I eating right now? I do that wherever I am because that <laughs> that really helps inspire recipes. If right. I'm somewhere and I'm like, "This is the best." use of whatever it is I'm eating, I will definitely go back and use that in a recipe. Do you still use Laughing Cow Cheese and non-dairy creamer in a lot of things? No, not as much. I mean, and personally, I still have those things in my house. I still like Laughing Cow, but for the purpose of these books, because it's not considered clean, we'll use reduced fat cream cheese, which is considered clean mm. and just based on ingredients. But I still... And I still use non-dairy creamer in my own home, but limited amounts. So everything in moderation. I've really not, I don't really use a lot of sweeteners, except maybe like the stevia-based ones like Truvia. I don't use a whole really? lot You're of not, You're not into Splenda anymore? Not as, way not as much. Is this for you personally? Or? Personally. And also the audience doesn't want it as much. But again, everything in moderation. So one of my specialties is cocktail. Mm -hmm. And I love making my slushies. And when I make my slushies, I use powdered drink mix. And some of them are all natural and some aren't. And I just say, 
Okay. Sometimes I'm going to have a slushy and it may have Splenda in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's talk about artificial sweetener because I my blood is 78% artificial sweetener. <laughs> Still? <laughs> Still, yes. Uh, when I was pregnant, I got off all artificial sweeteners. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I and imagine. I think it, contrib- it contributed to why I gained way more than the recommended amount while you're pregnant. Um, well, did you switch to sugar? Or did you just have things not so sweet? Or I just had things not so sweet. But yeah, actually, that doesn't, doesn't quite make sense because I didn't... I mean, occasionally I would get such a craving for diet soda, so I would just have like a very small can of real soda, mm-hmm. um, which I don't like nearly as much. And I know I, I can't drink regular soda. No. Like I like sugar, but not in things that I was used to having... Like right. the artificial sweetener in. Yeah. It's interesting. But I, I love diet soda. Um, like per- Perrier. You, do you drink Perrier? Oh, I don't like Perrier. No, I, I tried LaCroix. I tried everything because I really don't like water. I will drink it if, if I must, but it's not my go-to. Um, so I tried all the different seltzers and all the different everything, the, the hint water and all the different. And I tried to make my own spa water. I like bought various infusers. Um, all that stuff. But really what I craved is what's in front of me, which I drink so much of, which is just sparkling wild cherry sparkling water beverage, which does have aspartame in it. And I know someone's going to write in and tell me that I'm doing awful things to myself. Well, um, I guess every, it depends on how much of it you're drinking. That's the problem. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it, it is probably, you know, when they're like studies in rats show that this amount harms them like i'm probably i I might be consuming the human equivalent i don't know (laughs) no like those rats were drinking like whatever or they were like infusing the rats with like 10 times their body weight in saccharin when they were doing those tests yeah i think you're i mean i don't know I, i i can't i can't say for sure but i know that there's a lot of i don't know there's a lot of information about artificial sweeteners and it's everything from well when you when you ingest them, they make you hungrier, mm-hmm. which I actually believe. You do. I do. I believe that when I used to drink a lot of Coke Zero, I was hungrier and craving more food than when I didn't. So when I switched over to plain Perrier, because I don't really love the flavored ones as much, mm-hmm. I felt like my cravings stopped. Interesting. So I do believe that. And I do believe that there are symptoms. I mean, I know someone, I'm very close with someone who was drinking a lot of um, you know, artificial sweetener-based beverages and they had rashes and all kinds of reactions. So it really depends on how your body reacts to it. But there's, there is research that says it's not good for you, but you probably have to have a lot of it. But it sounds mm-hmm. like you are having a lot of it. So. Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know someone who cut out the artificial sweetener and like her guts calmed down. Um, she just felt, just felt better sort of in the abdomen. I don't know. It's, I, it's worth it for me. All the side it's effects, all worth, worth it. it. It's all worth it. <laughs> So why did you personally decide to use less? I feel like I, I did notice some symptoms, first of all. And I felt like I did feel a little bit better. I, if, if you lay off of it for a while, like when you go back to it, you kind of feel like, well, this tastes weird. And this kind of makes me feel weird. I'm not relating at all. <laughs> not my experience. <laughs> well, that's what happened with me. And again, it's not like I never have any. I am all about like, the 80-20 rule and everything in moderation, and that falls under that rule perfectly. So I'm, I'm never going to say don't have any of this. And I want people to feel like they can make their choices. Like some people, they want to have some artificial sweetener, but they're 
eating really healthy foods the rest of the time. And I don't, I don't know that there is any one answer. And I don't know that anything really matters because you could have like the picture of health. We all know that person mm, that yes. is like 50 and perfectly healthy and really thin and looks amazing and they're out for a walk and they just fall down and die one day. And you're like, how does that happen? Nothing, nothing really makes sense. Sometimes right. it's just luck. Or then there's my grandfather who smoked and drank and was overweight for years and lived into his late 90s. Exactly. So. So yeah. sometimes it's genetic, sometimes it's luck, sometimes, you know. Let's talk about this Hungry Girl cruise. Okay, you what going? <laughs> when is it? It's April 7th. Get your calendar out. Okay. If you yes, go, I'll I'm make there. sure I find that vegetable, <laughs> that <laughs> light orange Viewmaster vegetable, and I'll serve it to you. I didn't, I, I don't think I drew the, these square things that make it look like a Viewmaster. Those aren't accurate. It was more like triangles, I guess. Oh. I don't know. I'm not sure. It, it looked like a colitis, like a snowflake. Does anyone know? Maybe out there there's somebody there's that knows. There's someone. There's someone the, who's yelling some name of a vegetable yeah. at their iPod. <laughs> <laughs> Probably on a treadmill somewhere. How, what, just what was the diameter? Was it like the size of a cucumber or a zucchini? Yeah, it was like a little bigger, like a big zucchini. It was like, like that, maybe like two inches across. Still stumped. Anyway. I feel like I should call this restaurant if they're still around. If they're still around. Yeah. But we will find it and serve it on the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> the cruise is great. I mean, it's, it's a week-long Holland America. I don't know if you know anything about cruising. I don't. I didn't really either. I was on a cruise the, when I was like 21. I was on a carnival crazy cruise. But then I hadn't cruised until last year when I had the first Hungry Girl cruise. Holland America is a very nice cruise ship. They are great partners because they will make Hungry Girl entrees every night for the whole boat, not just for the Hungry Girl cruisers. And it's a week in the Caribbean, and it's wow. a lot of bonding and fun and parties, but also life-changing sessions that are just really amazingly valuable, whether they're presentations and cooking demonstrations and panels. It's just, it's an awesome week. We had a great time, and it was very informative. So who, what are, the, the people who decide to go, are these people who are super into you, super into the Hungry Girl way of life, into cooking, like what? If you were to generalize. I think most of them are Hungry Girl fans who are excited about the idea of really immersing themselves in the world of Hungry Girl for a week and spending a lot of time with me because I'm not one of these, like, I'm sure if you go, I don't want to name names, but if you go on some, like, experiential cruises with people who are way more celebrity-rific than I am, <laughs> they may be out in the sessions and then they go hide in their cabin and they don't want to interact. But mm -hmm. with me, it's like, I'm doing karaoke with everybody and... I'm at the bar every night and I'm just very approachable. And, and so a lot of people were excited about hanging out for a week. And my whole staff is there, or like most, at least half of the staff is there. So it's a way to be part of the Hungry Girl world. But some of the people that were there were just friends of Hungry Girl fans mm. who are now converts, who now have their lives changed and are very inspired by what they learned. Right. So. And you have a magazine coming out? Yeah, the magazine is coming out. There's two issues, two test issues. If it does well, maybe it'll be a quarterly at some point. but. Um, in January, it's called Hungry Girl Magazine, and it'll be put out by Meredith. Um, they're a fantastic partner. They put out the most beautiful magazines. They have like Family Circle, Better Homes and Gardens, Rachel Ray, like real deal beautiful magazines. And the magazine is so much fun. Like every time I put out Hungry Girl content, I, I think, well, what works for TV and what works for a book and what makes it different and really feels like a magazine? And that's what I think we've achieved with the magazine. And what is it? And so for people who are listening to you say that who might not know, you your background is in television, web, 
And then before that, you wrote for Teen Magazine. You I edited did. Teen Magazine. I did. I ran some, I don't want to say cheesy, but they were kind of cheesy. <laughs> cheesy Teen Magazine. And your husband invented iCarly. He did invent iCarly. It's true, which is the opposite of cheesy. That's just the most brilliant show ever. But um, so the difference in the content you'd see in the magazine, because sometimes I'll be like, wouldn't it be fun to do a book about this? And I'm like, nah, it's more of a magazine article. So in this, mm. in this ma- magazine, there's like the world's cutest foods. And it's like, there's like a four page spread with like the cutest recipes in the world or like rainbow like, foods. What are cute foods? It's like teeny tiny taco salads that you make in wonton shells and things like little <laughs> I'm getting mini. so excited by this. I love cute it's, everything. I, th- yeah. Me too. You need to go to Japan. Have you been there? I haven't. The no, but oh, I feel like I could cute. find my Viewmaster vegetable. You could. And, and you, everything cute, cute. Everything, yeah. I mean, everything. I love tiny Tabasco bottles. I love them. I know. I take them home from that every so hotel cute. I go to. And every time my husband's like, well, are you really packing that? I'm like, uh-huh. I don't even like Tabasco. Yeah, I've never, ever, ever opened one of them and used it. Who would? But they're so they're cute. They're too cute to they're, use. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's cute food. There's rainbow food. There's success stories. Now that's mm. something I never touch on in the books or even in the emails. But there are, you know, I, I meet thousands of people when I travel who have lost hundreds of pounds using Hungry Girl. And it's really life-changing. So we highlight some of those people in the magazine. and it's just. It's just different. So I, I don't want to just rehash content. I want everything to be really strategic and well thought out. And the magazine is, I'm so excited about right. it. It's phenomenal. Back to the cruise. Is it mostly women? Yes, mostly. But there, are, there were definitely at least like, it was probably 10% men mm-hmm. and on, in our group. So the, the boat itself has 3,000, 2,500 people. And then the Hungry Girl Cruisers will be a couple of hundred. And um, of that group, it's mostly women and their friends or women who are alone or women and their, you know, former college roommates or mother-daughter combinations. But there are some couples and some husbands who are like, I used to watch your show all the time and I love your recipes, even though I'm a man. Is that okay? (laughs) Yes, it's okay. (laughs) What if you, what if you were like, no, (laughs) we don't accept you. They would jump overboard, probably. (laughs) I hope that doesn't ever happen. Such a responsibility. I know. By the way, I like... I became so obsessed before the cruise. I was watching The Love Boat every single week, which I know really was not reality because my favorite episode was when the Harlem Globetrotters all stayed in one cabin. (laughs) And like the reality of a cabin on the cruise, it's like it's like a hundred square feet. Yeah. That was funny. But like I I, then I started watching all of my favorite crime shows we had talked about Mm -hmm. last time that featured people like who went overboard. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, I I don't want to go overboard. We probably shouldn't go talk about that now. And people are thinking about booking the cruise, but. Unfortunately, we've already started down this road. So I just have to add, when I was doing the Adam Carolla show, we did a live show and there was some portion where we were interacting with the audience and there was a woman who was like getting her degree in forensic crime or something. That's not an actual field of study, but <laughs> it sounds but like pretend it, it is. <clears throat> and the question was, where, where's the best place to murder someone in the water? Is that what because yeah, because there's no fingerprints and there's no anything left behind. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So just think about that when you're in your hundred square foot there's, cabin. Oh, my cabin will be a little bigger. <laughs> oh no, hundred fifty. The truth, yes, hundred fifty. <laughs> but the truth is, that's true. But on a cruise, they'd have to really like lift you and throw you overboard. Right. Like it's not that easy to just push somebody over the side. I know, but like a lot of people are found in their swimming pool somehow. They're murdered that way. They're mm-hmm. knocked over the head and found in the swimming pool, or they've tripped 
and they ended up in the pool. So that makes sense. Interesting. I never thought about because the idea of having a home with a swimming pool scares me because I have a very young son. But I never thought of it as scary from the from the standpoint of like because I could end up murdered that way. But now I will. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I've had a pool I've, my whole life. Like I grew up with a pool and I moved to LA. I had a pool no in my last house. accidentally, quote, fallen in. N- no humans have accidentally fallen in the pool. Like we've seen various wildlife Aww. over the years, which is sad. A family of ducks got in there. And, and sometimes they get out. Sometimes they don't. It's how do sad. they not get out? They, it's, I don't know. It's hard for them. And you can't really touch them. And mm-hmm. ugh, we shouldn't go down this road. It's too sad. Let's talk about other poultry that you can make recipes from. <laughs> well, first I have to ask, well, who, who gets the ducks out when they get stuck in? The, the, hopefully, like the mother duck comes back right. and like the babies oh, climb on duck- her back. Oh, ducklings. it's ducklings. Ducklings, oh, babies, so baby ducks. Yeah. Baby, I don't oh, know. Yeah, baby, baby <laughs> ducklings. It takes yes, them a little while a, to be I able know. to swim. I know. Um, okay, well, that is very sad. It is sad. Let's move on to something that I need to talk about, and that is hair straightening. <laughs> when you were last on, you were doing some vegan, all-natural release, it was like, something Yeah, or other. it was organic. Yeah. Yeah, it was Zarin release. And what, what was that like Brazilian straightening? It, it was, only it was an all-natural version of it, and I found that it didn't really straighten my hair as much as I wanted it to, so mm-hmm. I, I did that for about a year. But now I'm back to, I do the Keratin Express like the Coppola Express. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? Um, sort of. I know the brand Coppola, but I don't, I don't know how this differs from Brazilian straightening, or is it just a version of it? It's, I, I wish I knew like the intricacies of straightening. All I know is that this version doesn't make my hair too flat. Mm-hmm. Like I like how it Body. works, and it lasts about three months, and I love it. But it's been professionally straightened since 2001. So like, I don't even remember my old big frizzy hair. Yeah. I don't remember mine either. I mean, I do actually, especially because now I've got hair growing in and I've got a real frizzy hairline. <clears throat> and it's reminding it. me, well, it's there. The light's just not hitting it right, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's reminding me of my old fuzzy hair. <sighs> okay, here's my question. Um, see, I do Japanese straightening and it gets very flat because anytime I do other kinds of straightening, it does have more body and I recognize that it looks better. But to me, it's like, oh, it's still wavy under there. Have you found something that gives you volume, but also it still is straight? Or I, is it like it's still got a little wave in it? It depends on if you use a hairdryer. So if I don't use a hairdryer on my hair, it will have wave to it, mm-hmm. definitely. And I'm okay with that. I don't like, it actually kind of freaks me out when my hair is too straight and right. I can't get wave into it because I use a curling iron after it's straight. Mm-hmm. So I straighten it and then I curl it. I know it no, seems uh, weird, I but know. that's what I do. <laughs> but yeah, I like the the keratin, the Coppola Express is it, it's the best because it right. doesn't, I was just worried about being a flathead. In fact, yeah. like that's my, I hate when my hair is really flat. So I always like dry my hair upside down to get the volume. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think I, uh, I see pictures. I'm like, oh, my hair is way too flat. And yet I sit there with a straightening iron. I straighten it till it's like perfectly pin straight and then too flat. But then you, once it's straight, you can flip over and get the volume in right. and then spray it. I mean, theoretically, but I don't. Okay. Let's, we should just have a hairstyling <laughs> session. I right know. We need to. <laughs> Reality shows. 
Are you still into reality shows? I, I can't remember what I was into back then, but it might have been like the American Celebrity Idol Apprentice thing. Celebrity you were watching at the time. Oh, oh I, I, think I, American I watched Idol too. American Idol. I was into the music shows, but then I became like obsessed with crime shows. And I'm obsessed, fully obsessed to an unhealthy degree with watching reality crime. Nothing scripted. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, if you like crime, you'll love this show. I'm like, is it scripted? Uh-uh, I won't watch it. So I watch like Dateline, 48 Hours. Mm-hmm. Like I have one thing on my bucket list. It's to have frozen yogurt with Lester Holt. That's the only thing on my entire bucket list. And I know it's probably not that difficult to achieve. I heard right. he's a really nice guy. He yeah. probably likes frozen yogurt. I mean, he is Who a human. Yeah. And I heard he's really sweet. And it's not like a weird, like, oh, I have a crush on Lester Holt. Because I don't. But mm-hmm. I watch Dateline so much. And he makes you feel comfortable. Like, he's just, I like him a lot. I was, when he became the host of the Nightly News, I was like, I have to share Lester now with the rest of the world. <laughs> More competition Terrible. for your Froyo date. I know, I know. But it's like, I don't know what it is about. Actually, I do know what it is about that crime, um, like that genre of TV that I'm so obsessed with. I think it's because the people that I like, the stories that I really like are the ones that seem like people you would know. Mm-hmm. I don't like the people that seem like they're kind of weird and like, you know, I expect those, I expect you to be found in a dumpster. Sorry. <laughs> But it's the people that are like, wait a minute, the doctor next door threw his wife off a cliff, you know, or like it, they're just like poisoning each other and plotting to kill their exes. I saw one last week. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, this woman, they were both doctors. She may have been a vet. He was like a surgeon or something. They were, it was the second marriage and they hired hitmen to kill their exes and were completely caught. And I was like. Oh my God, I, it, I was mesmerized. By this. I was like, how did I not hear about this when this was in the news? Right. Last week, I heard about the lady that was serving Popeye's chicken in a restaurant. It was on every local and national news show. Oh, yeah. That was the biggest news in the world. But these doctors who are hiring this happen? I think it was Texas, but I don't remember. But it was, it should have been a huge national story. Yeah. I just heard about, I think it was a Pakistani girl. But the weird thing is that every story I read said an allegedly Pakistani girl. Like, is that, oh, that should that's be easy to prove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did she, she do? There was an arranged marriage, and I think she was young. She looked young in the pictures. She was trying to escape her arranged marriage, and she was trying to poison her husband with poison. She was trying to kill him with poisoned milk, but he didn't drink the milk, and instead the milk was turned into lossy and like 17 people drank it and a whole bunch of them died and the other ones were in the hospital including one child or minor died i did not hear this story but that's a good one that seems like an extreme way to get out of your marriage it really does i don't know and people were very torn about it on twitter at least with like i feel bad for her but at the same time she went too far you know like that was a terrible situation well feel bad for her because she was trying to escape her arranged marriage she was young Right. I mean, I'm sure it was a sad situation, but there's always a better way. Like, that's what I was saying about these doctors. Like, the woman was clearly influenced by the guy who seemed a little bit like a sociopath. And I was like, oh, that's really sad because she was probably just a person that was very easily influenced. And when they were out on bail, like, the first thing she did was throw herself off a building. She killed herself. And then, of course, he took that as an opportunity to blame her for everything. Mm. But... It's just sometimes you, I mean, you can feel bad for them, but at the end of the day, they're still involved in this. Like, I know if I were in that situation, there's a better way. There's a better, there's a better way than actually agreeing to have somebody that you know killed. Right. It's very weird. No kids? They had kids. What? Both of them. Yeah. Crazy. Well, these sound like great people. <laughs> they sound like people. I'm you sorry would. she's no longer here. It's sad. The whole thing is sad. But I do, I'm obsessed with those shows. 
I watch them all day. Like I have them on my DVR. I even like record bottom of the barrel, like swamp murders. Like the through line of that show is like people who are found in murky waters. <laughs> it's like that, that's the thing that brings all those cases together. Right. Though that's not a great one. Or like who the bleep did I marry? <laughs> that's another one that like I just have those as backups. And those who not- the bleep did I marry is about discovering. Is that a, that's a crime one? Yes. Like people who've okay. discovered that their spouse is like abusing you know whatever like doing weird things it's really creepy i just recently was watching 90 day fiance have you seen that one no but i've been hearing a lot about it and i didn't know what the premise was and when i was watching it i still don't quite know what the premise is but it did sound like a ripoff of like married at first sight like people that yeah so they they meet and 90 days later they get married i think it's america well americans go abroad and there's a 90-day wedding visa or something. So it's like if, you know, if they don't get a proposal within 90 days, then they don't get to come to America. I don't know how they're initially hooked up, though. I, I tuned in way too much in the middle of it. All I know is that it was following, like, four different couples. There was a lot of communication problems between all of them, like language problems between mm-hmm. all of them. And um, they were all arguing. I was like that this is they've really they've distilled what it is that makes people tune into reality shows and it's just conflict like they right. only don't get along right I know I know I I don't love shows like that it's funny because after the hungry girl cooking show ended I had a lot of meetings where people were like well you have such an interesting world and hungry land is such an interesting place and the people that work for you are so great and, and TV friendly and so tell me about all the conflict that exists and I'm like we don't have any a recipe might need a little salt to make it taste perfect <laughs> but like <laughs> it's just a happy place and it's all about the conflict in reality tv so um yeah i don't watch a lot of shows like that i did for a fleeting moment mm-hmm. again it's all about the crime for me and are you still on the treadmill all the time is that what i'm you on do the you? peloton oh that is a fancy bike it is it is a fancy bike have you been on one no i just know about it my husband really wants one you but should. then he found out the price, and then after you pay for the Peloton bike, then to like get the Peloton videos, it's also more. Yeah, money. it's not. It's a subscription service. So here's the deal: like I have no affiliation with Peloton at all, but I will tell you that it pays for itself because if you're a person who spins, unless you're at a gym where you have a membership and there's spin classes that you love, like if you're going to Soul Cycle or to Joy Ride or whatever, you're paying a lot mm-hmm. to spin. So like the way I use the Peloton when I'm not traveling is like five days a week. I'm on that thing in my house. And I hate public exercise. Like, l- I hate it more than getting root canal. I would rather have root canal <laughs> really? than, yes, than be in public exercising in front Why? of other people. Do you feel self-conscious? Yes. I feel like I'm not one of those people who's like in a cute outfit, who looks cute with their hair up, who looks like, oh, look how cute they are when they exercise. I'm hideous and sweaty. <laughs> and I don't want anyone looking at me. So the fact that I can do that in the privacy of my own home is a huge plus. And then if you use the bike a lot, like in the first three months, I had 100 rides. So if you did the math, I think it pays for itself. It's like $40 a month and then the bike is a couple of thousand dollars. And it's it's really worth it, in my opinion. I love it. Now I want to check it out. <laughs> you so can no come more. over and see it if you want. <laughs> anytime. Uh, you still have a rabbit? I have. I do. I have two rabbits. They're... Not probably not the same rabbits. Oh no, I might have one of the you same rabbits. I have cupcake. cupcake. Yeah, still have cupcake, and I have um, a dog. Did I have a dog? I don't know. I know that you have a dog, though. Yeah, the dog, dog is, is super cute. Oh, the cutest, and a cat too. So the dog, we basically 
stole from somebody. What <laughs> we, we went to look at a house, not to live in, but for a project in a certain area we were looking at. And the dog ran out and I was like, our eyes locked. <laughs> and I was like, that's the cutest dog I've ever seen. Does she come with the house? And then the guy said, oh, yeah, you know, I, we have to get rid of her. Like we're moving and we can't take her and she's a really good dog. And I'm like, what? This dog looks like the best dog ever. And before you knew it, we were in the car with her stuff <laughs> and we took her home and that was it. And she's the Aww. best thing that ever happened to us. What's her name? Lolly. Oh. We changed her name that, that same day. She had a different name. But she now she has a Facebook page with almost 200,000 fans. Oh my God. Like she does talking videos and she's like, she's the best thing in the world. I'm obsessed with her. Wow. I'm a crazy animal person. I'm one of those people who are like, oh, does she ever stop talking about her dog? <laughs> So, <laughs> no, I'm that. No. I'm that person. Well, your dog is really adorable. She doesn't have a Facebook page, though. Maybe I need to get her one. It's been get suggested to me. It's been suggested to me that we need to get her an Instagram page. And I do know it. we do, but I just it just seems like a lot of work. It is a lot of work, absolutely. So if it's not fun, if you feel like, oh, this is going to be a right. pain in the neck, I yeah. take a cute picture. Here, Wendy, put on this wig. You know, if it's going to be that kind of thing, then just don't do it. But if you have fun with it, it's it's fun. We actually do have a wig for her because my husband <laughs> wanted her. He's the one who's into the all the dressing up stuff. He wanted her to be Wonder Woman for Halloween. And for months, he had been talking about getting her a black wig. And then he went online and actually bought a doll wig. But it arrived and it was very small. It didn't so, fit? No, it didn't work. I hate. I know. I bought her, my dog a bikini. It was too tight. But <laughs> I For Halloween, I had this great idea. It was just a couple days ago. So I could give it away now mm-hmm. that it happened. Sure. I was going to be her and she was going to be me. So we did like a Freaky Friday swap thing. And I was a I was great as Lolly. And the way I could get her to have my hair was to order her a mullet. It was the only <laughs> option on Amazon, a dog mullet. So she wore a mullet and jeans and a bedazzled shirt. And we were each other. That is the cutest. That is the cutest <laughs> ever. Let's take some questions uh, from listeners. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you so thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Katie Oklahoma says, what is her favorite cooking hack? Ooh, favorite cooking hack. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite hack, but I do love still the old eggs in a mug. That's like the easiest thing ever because I do like a hot breakfast. I love protein and I don't like cleaning and breaking out a skillet. So eggs in a mug would probably be my favorite if I had to pick one. And to do that, you spray a mug with cooking spray. Yeah, or you don't even have to spray it. Oh, really? Uh, We always say it to be safe, but you really don't. Just use a ceramic mug or anything that's microwave safe. Put in your egg whites or your egg beaters or your eggs with whatever other ingredients. Throw it in the microwave. Give it a mix. Throw it back in. And it's done in like three minutes. What is your egg beater, egg white, liquid egg substitute of choice? I like um, a lot of different types of egg. I like whole eggs and Eglin's Best, which are like fortified and great. But I also like egg beaters or egg substitute and all whites. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I tend to go for, if I'm making a scramble, I tend to go for anything that doesn't have the fat and the yolks because I reserve that for when I'm eating something that really requires the whole egg, like that recipe on the cover of my right, book that has a or something. Egg. Yeah. Like I do love eggs Benedict. Mm-hmm. Usually I get it without the hollandaise. Sometimes I get it without the bread, but I like a whole egg too. Can't make it in a mug though, really. <laughs> okay. 
Lori says, does she eat a lot of organic food? What organic foods are best to buy? You know, I'm not really into the whole organic thing. If I have a choice, if I'm somewhere and organic is sitting next to the regular and it's it looks good and it's not crazy expensive, I will buy that. But I am not a big believer in you have to eat everything organic. That's definitely not my thing. Dudley Durags says, right, cool name. what's better, uniform bites or more surprise me kind of bites? What does that mean? I think what that means is... Uh, I'm going out on a limb, Dudley do rags. <laughs> but let's say you have a salad. Would you rather each bite has a little bit of all the ingredients or it's like this is a bite of primarily this and this is a bite of primarily that? Okay, that brings up a point. Like, do you, are you a section eater? Like, do you eat, if you have a plate of different foods, do you eat all of one thing and move on to the next thing? Or do you eat bite, 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 bite? I'm kind of like bite, 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 bite. I think. Me too. Yeah. And I think that's better because when I watch people eat in sections, they are clearly the hungriest when they start. Mm -hmm. So they eat all of that first section, and but then they want to try everything. So they eat all of the second section and all of the third section. I feel like you'll eat way right. more food if you do that. All of that made me think of <clears throat> what happens on Thanksgiving, oh. where like if you fill up too much on one thing, and then like I've had Thanksgivings where I've had probably a bite of turkey. And but just, and just like all so much, in. yeah, yams and beans and all that stuff. What, what's your Thanksgiving strategy? Thanksgiving is easy for me because I love turkey and I love vegetables, and I I don't need to overdo it on the side. So the strategy is always like have more of the healthy stuff and the turkey, and stick with the white meat turkey, and don't overdo it on the super like I'm not really into super sweet yams I'm thrilled with it I do love the green bean casserole that's like my thing and I have a lightened up version of that mm -hmm. so that's even better but do um, you use the onions what do you use I do you know sometimes I'll use like um some kind of a crisp whether it be like sometimes I use the the onion and sour cream and onion pop chips oh, that I crush really up on top or like I used to use the soy crisps that were onion flavored instead mm -hmm. but you know if I'm going to a big party or if I'm entertaining I will use the real thing which are those fried onions in a can and those taste the best obviously but those are pretty deadly right very, yes they are they're really high in fat but you know what it's one day and my attitude is always all right it's one day and work out that day and don't starve yourself for the entire day and overeat it in in the late afternoon that's not a great strategy ryan j says what's your favorite meal on an airplane what's my favorite meal on an airplane well <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's whatever they serve me because you don't really have much of a choice on an airplane. But the food on airplanes is not so bad if if you, I mean, it depends on where you are. If you happen to be in first class, usually there will be a good option. If you are not in first class, they will give you a snack box that is usually 90% carbs. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, they want to give you the pretzel sticks and the crackers and the pita chips and the cheese and like everything is carb, carb, carb. So I tend to bring snacks on a plane that are more like my speed, whether it's like an apple and a hundred calorie pack of nuts or some jerky. Um, and I would pick whatever is proteiny out of whatever they serve me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes because American Airlines does have great pretzel bread. They will, do? They do. They have great pretzel bread. You have to be in like business or first on American and I will have a, some of the pretzel bread. So that's a good thing. I have not a once received pretzel bread. <laughs> Do in you the fly air. American? I have flown American. No pretzel bread for this gal. <laughs> <laughs> I fly a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, I know when you were last on, we talked about the Mastro's bread basket. 
specifically the pretzel, the pretzel bread. bread. So I must tell you what happened to me recently for my parents' anniversary. We went to Mastro's and there were a lot of us around a big table and they kept taking the bread away. Like every time another course would come, they'd take the bread away and it was really pissing me off, but it was also making me feel too embarrassed to be like, could you wait, wait, I'm so Did you say I, something or you just no, let it go? No, one time she took the bread away and like set it on another table near. It wasn't. It was so like you a, just reached for it. You got yeah, up and Yeah, it wasn't it. another uh, like a table that people would sit at. It was sort of where they were like, I don't know, staging stuff or whatever. Just like a, ta- a table that they were using to set stuff up. So I just kind of like quickly grabbed it back. But then later I just let it happen. <laughs> I, I let them take the bread. I was like, I guess they're saying we should be done with bread. I know, but sometimes like the, the bread there the best is the part. best thing. Yeah. Really and they'll is. give you a whole basket of pretzel bread. I know. If I've never asked it. for that, but I should have. Oh, we've done that. Yeah. It's but smart. that'll be a day where like all I have is the pretzel bread and some kind of a, like a seafood cocktail. Mm-hmm. So they have this like right. seafood tower that like has the dry, dry ice. ice. And <laughs> so I'll eat like shrimp and crab legs and pretzel bread, crab claws, pretzel bread. Mm-hmm. So give and take. Um, you saying that you tend to go for protein. Have you always done that or is that within the last so many years as a successful um eater yes but when i was younger i would always eat carby things and that's where i messed up because it made me hungrier mm-hmm. if i ate I, cuz i love potatoes and pasta and bread but when i eat those things i want to eat them nonstop so 80% of the time i just don't eat those things so like snack well like you did you, you used to like Snackwell's cookies? Yes, long, yes in the like 90s, mm-hmm. pro- the early 90s. I probably was eating those devil's food cookies. Oh, those are so good. Oh, okay, <laughs> I would eat the whole box or like half the box. I was one of those people that thought, oh, if it's fat free, it's okay. And mm-hmm. that that was just a huge problem. But I don't, I tend actually to not snack on sweet foods if I can help it. Very rarely. I mean, if I crave something sweet, I can have a bite of this or that. And I do have favorites. But for the most part, I'm a food snacker. I'm a savory snacker. Mm -hmm. So I love one of my favorite things to snack on. I make little sandwiches out of either pickles or cucumbers. I make little subs out of them. So I slice uh, the pickle or the cucumber and I take the seeds out and then I put turkey on it and tomatoes and you make like a sandwich out of a pickle and it's like 50, 60 calories. Yeah, it's the best. I'm going to do that. Do that later. I'm going to do that. Okay. And lastly, Lisa Murphy says, um, if she's always struggled with her weight, has she ever been more than 25 pounds overweight? I've never really been more than 25 pounds overweight, but I did lose 25 pounds. So maybe 25, 30 pounds overweight. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a struggle, but it would have been way worse. Like, I feel like if I didn't always try to keep it in check, mm. I probably would have been 50 pounds overweight. Right. And when was that? Probably when I was um, in my 20s, I would say. So you do you limit the types of food you have in your house for yes, yourself? I do. How does your husband feel about this? Well, he works so much, like I work so much, so we don't eat that much at home together, but... I don't like, even when I, let's say I have a party, like I'm a believer that I don't want to force everybody to eat the way I eat. So I always have healthy things and then not so healthy things, things that people really want at a party. But after the party, I will often give that food away because if it's there, I'll want to eat it. Mm -hmm. I don't always have the self-control I want to have. And at work, it's tough because it's always there at work. But when I'm home and I can control it, I just want it out. I mean, it's interesting now because my niece moved in, she's 18 and she's vegan and 
some of the food that she eats is like it's maybe vegan but it like it tastes amazing and it's really high in fat and i want to eat it so i have to like stay away from her vegan cookies and her vegan donuts but normally i would not have cookies or donuts in the house i remember my sister when she was vegan used to buy i think it was called sprouted tofu it was like Mm -hmm. tofu but it was really firm and flavorful and really good Kind of, it was almost like cheese, mm-hmm. and it was also really fattening. Really, a lot of vegan food is because yeah. if you want to achieve that flavor, a lot of times it's like made with a lot of nuts. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get that creaminess in things without dairy. So, I think a lot of the food is higher in fat because of the ingredients. But it's uh, it's not my problem right now. <laughs> it's so, not our problem. So it's kind of like you have a kid now. Yes, it is, and it's the best. I feel like you know what I say. It's like first of all, I'm like it's like we have. If you watch the Brady Bunch ever, it's like Cousin Oliver is in it's season six or whatever. Uh-oh, but it's your like when has you jump the shark. <laughs> yes, it's like we need the ratings to go up. So you bring a cute young yeah. 18 Mop year it. old and, and add them to the cast. But it's been fantastic. Like I couldn't love it more because we don't have kids and now we do. Mm-hmm. And um, is she working out here? Or is she going to school? She's she going, going to makeup school. Fun. Which is great. Yeah, she's in uh, school in Burbank to learn how to do makeup, which is exciting because she uses me as her guinea pig. (laughs) She did my dog makeup on Halloween and she's done regular makeup as well. Very cool. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. But first, I want to say, you guys, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. Um, All sorts of fun stuff. There's bonus episodes. There's um, an interactive live stream. You can get merch in the mail, all different kinds of levels. Check that out, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. And we have t-shirts and other ringtones, all sorts of stuff. Uh, go to the store on my website, allisonrosen.com. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? Or everyone. Okay, so this is where people write in with things they think or they do and they wonder, is it just me or does everyone do this? And then we say whether we also do this. Sadie Holloway says, sometimes when a kid is majorly crying in public, I worry they are being kidnapped and I'm being negligent by not stepping in. I don't normally have this. However, since reading this the other day, uh, my husband and I and our baby, we were going to an open house. And as we got back to our car, the car in front, there was a baby just screaming its head off in the car. But I could tell there was an adult in the car too. But I still felt like I kind of wanted to just be like, hey, does anyone need any help? And I thought, I don't think that's going to be appreciated. <laughs> so I didn't. I, I don't think the baby was being kidnapped. I think it was just being a baby. Being a baby. Yeah. But yeah, it did I've, for the first time occur to me ever since reading this. Just me everyone. Now it will occur to me, but it never has before. Because usually there's some familiarity with the situation. And it seems like, oh, I was once sitting next to like this baby that was screaming like it was being kidnapped. But this little boy was just, he was with his dad in first class and his mom was in coach. And <laughs> after about like 25 minutes of nonstop screaming, she came and took the baby. And I knew the baby was safe, but it would never occur to me that baby was kidnapped. How did they end up with, how, how did this he's in first with a baby, she's in coach situation happen? I don't you know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe he was, he seemed nice. I felt terrible for him. I felt terrible for me as well, actually, because that baby was horrifying. It was, I felt bad for everyone near the baby. I've never right. seen a baby cry, cry that much, but I just felt sad about the whole situation. But the mom came and took the baby. It was fine. Baby, babies love coach. That is the takeaway here. 
They really do. They love the coziness. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Southwest Airlines is fun. <laughs> okay. Rachel says, continually amazed that despite all the new graffiti I see along Southern California freeways, I've still never seen an artist at work. I never have either. Neither when when does the graffiti happen? I have thought that. I've thought that exact thing. It happens in the middle of the night. Has to. Yeah. But they I wouldn't been wouldn't on the roads in the middle of the night and I've I mean not a lot lately, but I still have never seen it. I've never seen it either. Maybe they're invisible. That <laughs> is the only thing that makes sense. Or maybe they have spray cans that can reach really far. Maybe like plastic man. Yeah. Of, but I have thought that. When does this happen? Right. Because we've never seen it. Right. Just like the shoes. When did the shoes get thrown over the yes, power lines? I don't know. And also, what does that mean? I remember hearing years it's ago. It's shoeless. Yeah. <laughs> that it had something to do with drugs. But I feel like that's sort oh, of. Oh, I, I don't that too. Is that true, though? I don't know. I don't. I'm not a. Right. I a druggie? You're I'm not, not a druggie? I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not a druggie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Vince Vicari says, when I see a pull with two hands sign on a paper towel dispenser, I think, don't tell me what to do. I don't have that reaction. No, I find it helpful because I'm a person that's like spazzy and I never know how to do anything. And I'm like, please give me as much direction <laughs> right. as possible. But if you don't pull with two hands, what happens? It gets like it throws off the weight of the whole spool or you just won't get your paper. You'll, get, you'll just get a streamer. I don't, I, I don't know. I've never... See, I'm a direction follower. It would never <laughs> right. occur to me to pull with one hand. Okay. Pipernicus says, I have some memories specifically of childhood where I'm not sure if they happened in a dream or in real life. Yes, I definitely have that. Same. I do. I have this memory, which I think was a dream, but it was like one of the happiest memory slash memories of a dream from when I was very young it was night and there were all these twinkly lights and I was going down a slide and the sides of the slide were all lit up like with little twinkly lights um and there were my parents and my parents friends were there and it's such a happy memory but I really think it was a dream because I can't like I don't know where I would have been with with this light up slide at I night. think it happened you do mm-hmm I hope it happened. Hey, Ken, you could probably find out. I should ask my mom. This just happened to me yesterday. <laughs> I was texting with a friend and I made a reference to the Marty Robbins song, El Paso. And I had this fleeting memory of somebody reenacting the scenes from El Paso, but with monkeys. <laughs> and I was sure that I had seen it somewhere. And then I thought I imagined it and I Googled it and it was on YouTube. It was one of Steve Martin's early television specials. And if that sounds like an amusing idea to you, look it up on YouTube. It's brilliant. Well, anything with monkeys. Yeah. I'm a fan of monkeys. But it's Steve Martin as the only human in the scene acting out the entire <laughs> song of Marty Robbins, El Paso, and all the other characters of monkeys. I love it. That's amazing. It's so brilliant. I will frequently think of episodes of TV shows that seem so weird, and then I'll think, did I imagine that, or did it really happen? And then thankfully, YouTube can confirm that they always are just weird one-off episodes that really did happen. For sure. Okay. Yes. T- especially TV, you know. TV was so, it got very, like, crazy in the 80s. Things that just happened on the shows, you're like, that could never happen, but that made it so great. Well, yeah, like, Mork from Ork was on Happy Days before they gave him his own show. It was like, there was a, right, there was a sitcom an about the 50s, and there was an alien on it. Can exactly. I imagine that? <laughs> On right. Facts of Life, there was an episode that was like a send-up of Twilight Zone, a murder mystery episode, and there was a Rod Serling guy, 
Um, and I kept was thinking, it George Clooney? No, oh. no, I don't know that he. I don't know if he was in this episode or not. Um, yeah, and I kept thinking that didn't really happen. And then I looked it up, and it did happen. It was called I think ten or seven or twelve little Indians. Okay, another one involving public restrooms. Mark Nagel says, employees must wash hand signs should be on the door before you exit. If over the sink, non-hand washers never see it. I always just assume that those signs are to reassure the customers that the employees are washing their hands. I, I've thought both of those things, first of all. But I also see it sometimes now, it's different in men's rooms, obviously, this is a male. Sometimes you see it inside the stalls. That, oh, I mean, really? Yeah. Jeff, I have I have you're seen a dude. It. I don't I don't recall ever seeing it inside a stall. Men's room is I mean a, a lot of the men just use urinals there. That's true. But still, I don't recall seeing it in a stall. I always see it over the sink, but not on the door. Hmm. They should put it over the urinals too. They should, and I sometimes see it on the door on the way out in case they forgot. Yeah. Well, there you go. Lisa Loves Jamos says, use pumpkin patch for photo ops only. Buy pumpkins at the grocery store. Do you Explain. Buy, like, like she, the pumpkin patch, oh, just she never gets pictures. her pumpkin there. Yeah. Selfies. Yeah. Where, whereas the pumpkin for carving, she gets at the grocery store. I say you get the pumpkins wherever convenient. But I have, I've purchased pumpkins in both places. All right. How about you? Um... You know, it's been a long time since I bought a pumpkin. Well, that's not true. When I lived in New York, I did buy a mini pumpkin because it's so cute. (laughs) And I had it for so long, way past the point that you're supposed to. I mean, it was like very squishy. Yeah, it was was, um, imploding upon itself. (laughs) Uh, I just couldn't give it up. I was very attached to that pumpkin. But it's been a long time since I bought a big size pumpkin. But I think when I was little, we would get them at the grocery store. I don't have a lot of pumpkin patch experience. According to Instagram, everyone else does. Right, because it's a photo op. I guess. I guess that the yeah, way it is now is everything's a photo op. Right. Rambling Kite says, I pronounce WTF like what the fuh in my head. I just pronounce it, when I come across it, I just pronounce it WTF. Me too. WTF. <laughs> JMO's for A-Rose says, feel obligated to give a wave to a driver who lets me in. Conversely, regret letting in a driver who doesn't show thanks. I agree 100% with both of those things. I I feel like half the time I'm in my car, my arm is up just in a sort of like, thank you, sorry, thank you, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you, sorry kind of motion. Um, I don't know how I feel about other people not giving me the wave. It would be nice. I, just like when you hold a door open for yeah. someone, you want them to say thank you. Right. If they, don't, if they just walk through and don't say thank you, you're like, uh, I want to slam the door on your foot. The other day, <laughs> I was of. trying, I was doing, doing that thing where all of a sudden you're just driving along in either the left lane or the middle lane and you're like, uh-oh, that's my exit coming up in a few feet. So I've got to get over. So I was, I had my turn signal on and I was like, and we were in traffic though and I was trying to get over and the guy let me over um and then he tooted his horn I and my arm was like way up you know and then he tooted his horn I feel like as a way of saying like it's cool Jeff is that a thing I don't think that's a thing but I think that's what that was yeah it was a nice yeah, little horn a toot. toot. It was a very ginger toot. Yeah. <laughs> right. If it wasn't like laying on the horn. Yeah, no, it no. was a it was a amicable horn toot. He was flirting. <laughs> 
he was like 75 but possibly perfect. yeah and i forget <laughs> how old i am <laughs> no i don't mean perfect for you i just mean that's cute yeah Makes it okay it was cute uh and lastly rambling kite also says i feel a little offended every time i go to my favorite lunch place and they still don't know my order well, is it the same server we I don't, don't know. know this i the i'm i'm envisioning a counter situation but it sounds like i mean it sounds like it's the same people enough that they should know. Yeah, I've experienced that where I'm like, you don't you remember that we've done this like, uh, you know, over a million over. times yeah. or like, yes, I have. So, yes, I, I would agree with that. I've never I've never had a lunch or a food like a restaurant know my order. I have had bars know what I want, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was and, younger. you know, it's not even like I would be offended. It's just like I'd be surprised. Like, you don't remember I'm here every day. Right. You know, like I used to order a salad a certain way so much near where I worked when I was working at Warner Brothers that they actually changed it on the menu because I was there every single day and I would say, not in a plate, chopped in a bowl, blah, 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 dressing on the side. They started serving it. Chopped in a bowl, dressing on the side. Smart. So I was happy about that. I need to ask you a very specific milk question. Are you familiar with Hood Carb Countdown? I am. But do we? Do they have that here? I don't know. That's what I was going to ask because someone tweeted me a picture and it's like hey i found your milk which is something that i haven't talked about when i lived in new york i apparently i i think i talked about it on my blog because i was super into it and it was very hard to find and then i found it like once or twice out here and then i apparently it's in i think she, i want to say she's in san jose so i decided i'm moving there um <laughs> Makes sense. Well, no i'm fine with almond breeze now but yeah i was going to ask I didn't even know they still made it. Do you ever see it out here? Do you like it? I have tried it. I may have tried it at someone's house in another state. I don't don't think I've ever seen it here. A lot of the Hungry Girl subscribers love it and talk about it. Um, But there are so many great milk options now that I love that I don't pay attention to like finding it. Right. But if it were here, I might might buy it because it's it's dairy milk, which is higher in protein. Mm-hmm. So that would be, to me, the benefit of drinking a dairy milk. I, I tend to drink Almond Breeze or the, the cashew almond milk, the unsweetened vanilla, because it has like 25 or 30 right. calories yeah. for eight ounces, which is amazing. And it's really creamy. But I think they still make the carb I countdown. Think the, and at one point, it was also called Calorie Countdown. I don't know what the... I think carb is the more recent iteration of it. It's even creamier and like it's like it's yeah, silkier it's, it's, and creamier. Isn't it, it feels, almost sweet? It tastes yes, like it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I loved it. And how how low was it? Was it like the I calories of was, skim milk, like eighty? No, or was it way less? There's a fat free version, so I think that was like forty. That's or pretty low. Cal- really? Yeah, it's really low. Um, because that's half the calories of skim milk, right? And it doesn't. And skim milk to me tastes very thin and terrible. Like, you can't even make your coffee light with it. Whereas this was more like real milk. Anyway, we could look it up. We should. I feel like I have though. I feel like I feel like if I went to the Hood website it'd be like, "Hello, Allison." <laughs> it would remember you. Yeah. It would not Here's be like that stores. lunch counter. Yeah, I some of my more um egregious wastes of time have been spent calling grocery stores trying to track down products like around the holidays i'm sure you know this almond breeze makes almond eggnog Mm -hmm. um and i was trying to find that and i called so many different grocery stores there's never like it's never a fast call for me maybe for you maybe you have a hotline but for me when i'm calling a grocery store trying to see if they have an item in stock it's a that's a long time it's a project 
I mean, no offense but to the stores, but they're, you're going to get misinformation almost every time. I know. So it doesn't, it's a waste of your time. Yeah. If they say they have it, if they say they don't, it, it will be wrong 50% of the time. Right. So you should just go. My husband did. It was one of the nicer things he's, I mean, he's done a lot of nice things, but it was when I was pregnant and he went on a trek to track down this, this almond milk eggnog. It was very sweet. That's so sweet. I have very nice. eggnog recipes. And then also some of that is shelf stable. Mm-hmm. So you can order it on Amazon and just prepare in advance. Ah, so that's what you should do for the holidays. Smart. And everyone should go out and get your 12th book. Get your 12th book and then get all the 11. <laughs> the 11 previous books. <laughs> that led up to this. Hungry Girl, Clean and Hungry, Obsessed. I will put uh, an Amazon link and I'll tweet out a link uh, in the episode summary of this episode. Lisa, tell everyone uh, where they should go and what they should look out for. To get the book? Everything about you. Everything plug, about me. Plug oh, all your oh, things. Oh. This is the chance to plug. <laughs> so Hungry Girl, if you want to go and sign up for the daily emails, which I highly recommend, it's hungry-girl.com. So it's hungry-girl.com. I'm on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash hungrygirl. And also Twitter and Instagram. It's the obvious places. Hungry Girl, Hungry Girl. To get the book, you can go to Amazon, Target, Walmart, Costco, wherever fine books are sold. And that about sums it up. Sign up for the cruise. Oh, the cruise. Yes. It's cruise.hungry-girl.com. And look, look out for, for the, the magazine. magazine. Yeah. Perfect. Jeff, where do we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And I would like to compliment Lisa on her absolutely perfect pronunciation of the word and correct pronunciation of the word cauliflower. I didn't even say it. Cauliflower. Cauliflower. That's the I right say way. cauliflower. Cauliflower. Yeah. Cauliflower. What did I say? Cauliflower. cauliflower. This cauliflower. has come up on the show before. Most people say it your way, but there are a few of us who say cauliflower. 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 There are people who say cauliflower. I didn't know. I don't feel as strongly about that as I do about other things. Like, it's, it's been a bone like, of contention on the show. What before, about so. caramel? When people don't say caramel, that bugs me because it's not caramel. It's caramel. Is there an extra I go A back and forth. Yes, there's an A. Caramel. Caramel. I go back very and forth. very New York of you, Wait, how do you say the citrus fruit, O-R-A-N-G-E? Well, orange or orange. Yeah, or, my dad's If I'm with my person. mom, orange. Orange. Pocketbook. <laughs> Sneakers. Water. Dr. Oz. Crayon. <laughs> Crayon. Mayonnaise. Is it mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. <laughs> I say mayonnaise, yeah. Mayonnaise. Well, I'm from, yeah, I'm from New York, so like, it creeps out yeah. more certain times than others. All right. You had to get that in, Jeff. <laughs> did. Us, us Northeasters have to stick together. <laughs> and follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Follow me on Instagram at Allison Rosen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll have to have you back before another five years. Please. It was so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new band.